What's up, everybody, on the Everything Medicare podcast? My name is Christian Brindle. Thank you for joining me for another awesome dynamite episode. And today I have a really, really awesome guest. I have Nick Williams with me, aka the Medicare millionaire. Nick is someone that has what is it, 30 years of experience, Nick, in the Medicare field? 30, 30 years, yes. Uh, not exclusively doing Medicare, but 30 years is the answer, yes. Hey, well, we'll as take it. Fact, as a matter of fact, as of August, just passed 30 years. So Congratulations. Now, I've done many different things. I've done different things through those years, but I, my first license was in Maryland in August of 1989, so... Well, congratulations. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's a benchmark for sure. And for those of you that can't see who are listening to this and not watching this, I still feel like a kid. And I hope that I uh, have a youthful look as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well, an old man at all. No, not at all. Well, Nick works with Medicare beneficiaries um, exclusively, if I got that right, Nick. And um, Nick, someone that's worked with many, many people on his on their Medicare. Nick is in South Carolina as we talked to him this morning. And so I thought it would be a great perspective to have someone come on that's not only worked with a number of beneficiaries, but also worked with a number of agents. And that way um, we can kind of give a perspective on, you know, what people should look for in a good agent, what people should look for when they're picking their Medicare plan. We can kind of tackle this thing from a couple different perspectives. Um, Nick, I wanted to start out by talking about you and your story to kind of introduce you to my audience. Tell a little bit about your story. How did you get into the industry? Talk, talk about um, your humble beginnings, if you will. Well, I go back, uh, as we said, 30 years ago, and I basically needed to seek out my a career path in life. Uh, I'm from a, a family of a, a military background. Almost every man in my family has been in the military. I have two children that were both Marines. Of course, I've been in the military. So I, you, you get out of the military and it's like, well, what's next? And the insurance industry offers, uh, offers a great opportunity. And most people do fail in this business, but those that are good, hardworking people will succeed and uh, and people that invest in the learning the the learning the the rules of the products that they represent to their clients and i've been able to do that and withstand the test of time and it gets easier and easier over the years and now uh, i'm at the point where you know with uh, the your 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 listeners who are consumers are probably wait, wait, thinking, wait a minute, Medicare millionaire, what's that? Well, it's I help agents. So my progression through this uh, journey has led me to to uh, to land in a spot where I help agents and help agents become successful. So a consumer wouldn't want to look at Medicare millionaire necessarily. Mm -hmm. A consumer would more so would want to look at, uh, you know, go to a consumer site, but I'm not here really to push products or anything like that, just to help out. <laughs> hey, well, we love you for it. We love Yes, you. sure, sure. I, I, I've always looked at it like, you know, I think someone that works with agents specifically, but also sells at the same time, has mm -hmm. almost like a, a, a double-sided knowledge there to it because they, they work with the consumers directly, but they also are able to teach agents on how to successfully work with consumers and help people with their Medicare plans, you know? And um, I, think, I think there's a lot to that, you know, because 
an agent's not going to be successful in this business. I think you'd agree with me unless they're successfully, you know, helping out people on Medicare improve their situation over the long term. Um, I would say this to to your listeners uh, that if they have a good agent, try to support that agent in from the perspective of. Uh, giving them an opportunity uh, when something changes, uh, say in their plan, not just to call another company or another agent, because that agent, okay, if they've got a good experience with that agent, if they've worked hard to acquire, if that agent has worked hard to acquire a relationship with that consumer, that they reward them maybe, because this is a person with a family who's trying real hard be successful. They got bills to pay. And if they've worked hard and they've been honest with you and which most agents are, you'll find that there's a few bad apples in every industry. But if you've got a good, hardworking, honest agent, get, give them a chance to stay with, stay with you. Like, so, and when I say that, uh, you might forget that that agent worked hard to acquire you as a client, but that agent really what that agent wants is they want to establish that long-term relationship. And hopefully, that's what they want. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I always tell people that it's so important to, to pick a good agent. And once you have one, it's something, someone you want to latch on to and kind of, you know, stick with them. And, you know, but finding one is the key. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of good agents out there in the industry from in all different markets. Um, Nick, I wanted to start out by a question that has something to do with your experience in, in, in the insurance industry, the Medicare industry, that I, found, that I find very interesting. Over the years, is there anything that you can recall that you could say was a, a change in the industry that kind of took you by surprise or, or, or maybe something that was a big change that took some kind of adjustments to for, pe- for, for the beneficiaries as well as the agents? I believe that over the time we've had good or bad, we have more government. Uh, the word that comes to mind is intrusion, <laughs> but, but it could be considered protection mm-hmm. for the consumer. But what happens, and this would be with the advent of Medicare Advantage. So you have Medicare supplements and you have Medicare Advantage, two entirely different products that protects seniors in their, well, that insures seniors and uh, with uh, their Medicare benefits in different ways. Well, when that Medicare Advantage came on, well, you've got a lot of rules and a lot of regulations, a lot of, a lot of, and again, we'll say uh, the government oversight. How is that? Mm-hmm. There <laughs> you go. I love that. Sir. I love it. Yes, government oversight, and that government oversight has changed the dynamics for agents. And for the, the consumers, this is important that they understand this, these agents have to go through, it is somewhat rigorous every year, the certification process. And they call it uh, AHIP, is one, uh, one such uh, requirement. These ag- so that, that alone, plus every single company has a comparable uh, requirement that has to be uh, uh, met and, and or completed. And could, think of this as continuing education. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so we also have to have continuing education credits just to maintain an insurance license. 
But you ask the big change, that would be the only thing. This business remains the same. We do the same thing. When you get into the life insurance, it's all the same. Nothing changes. The products are tweaked differently. Uh, and they may add some more bells and whistles. One other thing is they've added uh, for insurance products, they've added the indexed component to the insurance products. So indexed right. annuities, indexed universal life insurance, that probably would be the other big change over the years. And uh, you know, again, not saying it's good or bad. It just is what it is. That is a, that is a big change that I've seen, but these whole life insurance policies, the Medicare supplements, there's a lot of this stuff has been around forever, mm -hmm. just forever. And I, I'll go continue on. <laughs> I'm going to add one more to the list. Okay. Of course. When I came into this business, I started in 89 and I, in Maryland and HMOs were just making their presence known, but nobody would accept them HMO, those HMOs. And yeah. it, was only, it was only one that I can remember from the start, which was Kaiser Permanente. They came out with an HMO and nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> Prior to that, because we're talking to seniors and they remember that major medical was the only insurance that existed for the most part prior to that. So they came out with this HMO and nobody wanted it. And the reason was because it had a gatekeeper. But now ah. everybody has an HMO shoved down their throat, whether they know it or not. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a sad statement on society that that uh, we have allowed this. And, and the reason I say it's a sad statement, because when you have an HMO, you have one person that's in control of your health care. And it's not you. It's your primary care physician. They can determine who you can see or not see for your back, for your, uh, for any of your, uh, if you have an illness that's, uh, that's difficult to diagnose and you are going to a specialist, the doctor, your primary care physician can cut you off and say, you cannot see another uh, specialist. So that's, uh, that to me is a problem. So my suggestion to consumers would be that they uh, go the PPO route versus the HMO. Now, there's a lot of people with the Medicare Advantage programs that, that are in the HMO that, that are happy. Well, you're happy until one day you can't see a specialist. Mm -hmm. Then you're not gonna be happy. So, food for thought. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a good point, you know. And HMOs are more common today than probably ever. Yes. So, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of see where we, how, we've, how we've gotten there. Yes, and it has been a process. Uh, we, they went the HMO route. Again, the HMO came in. Again, I can speak only on the East Coast and mm -hmm. in the Mid-Atlantic area. Uh, the HMO came into Maryland, and it, it was not accepted. And so the, the alternative was the PPO. Mm -hmm. the PPO, you still restricted the network somewhat, but you did have freedom to choose anybody in the network that you so desired to 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 visit and, and mm -hmm. have a diagnosis. And I'll tell you something again, if your back hurt real bad into a couple specialists and they told you, well, that's it. You can't see anybody else. Well, your back still hurts, right? That's right. It's not going away. And now you can't see anybody. And yeah. that's a shame, you know, because all because somebody said, now there are opportunities to, uh, to uh, contest that decision by your primary care physician. 
So you have a, you have a appeals process, they call it. Mm -hmm. And it, technically it's an appeal. So in different plans, you know, so there's going to be an appeal process. So Certainly. that, that could be helpful, but doesn't mean it's going to work. Nope. So I go, I would go, if I had an HMO personally, I would say, ah, I think I'll, I'll switch over to the PPO this year. And the prices and the coverage are, are not any different. Again, that's in the Medicare Advantage arena. That has nothing to do with Medicare supplements. Certainly, certainly. Well, I think it's some good insight. I think it's some good insight, some food for thought. Um, Nick, as somebody that's worked with people in various different types of insurance over the years, but particularly Medicare, when you when you sit down with somebody on their Medicare and you're evaluating their situation, what would you say that your process is when it comes to looking at what their needs are and, and determining what recommendation you're going to make for that person? What's your process? My process is to ask a lot of questions. So, and this is real important to me that I believe that a lot of agents are trained incorrectly that they go in with a presentation. Mm -hmm. So you'll have an agent, they'll sit down and they may have a flip chart or they may have, uh, they may have a, some type of script that it, it may not be a flip chart, but it's a flip chart in their mind. They, they it's a, it's a, they, first though, they may talk about the company. They may talk about how great the company is. They may talk about alternatives and then, uh, but it's a, a sequenced pitch. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they may, part of that pitch may be some questions. Now I like to go in and just sit down with somebody and, and I'll talk about their, their, their health, uh, and again, this would be for Medicare supplements because certain, mm -hmm. certain types of insurance, you cannot discuss these questions because uh, depending, and that would be something more for the insurance agents to understand. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask questions. I want to, I want to know what's important to these people. Uh, I, and then and you may find that somebody may want to be with Cigna because they had Cigna through their working years. That would give them peace of mind to continue on with Cigna. And this is just an example. Mm -hmm. I'm not endorsing or anything. Um, if they like Cigna, Cigna was their health insurance carrier for the previous 10 years when they worked at the factory or at the plant or at the company. Mm -hmm. uh, and now they're going into retirement and they say, you know, I just like to have that. I, I would like that continuity. I was comfortable with them. And one thing that I understand, and this is important in this process, is peace of mind. Now, for somebody turning 65, that's, you know, you're still in, on, on the game. But you get up to age 75, peace of mind is ultimately important. And maybe, no even, 70, and maybe even 70, and maybe even 65 for some people, because there's people that are 65 that are old, and they, they may not be sharp. Uh, they may be, and, and anxiety sets in. So as an agent, an agent has no right to sell an insurance policy to somebody that is not without and leaving them with anxiety. Uh, so the agent needs to address that and make sure that they are comfortable and, and, and not having any undue anxiety. So you don't want to try to change everything up <laughs> and try to sell it and try to like do the fancy sales pitches and closes and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you, you make the sale, right? You make the sale, but the client is 
the next day you're like, man, I'm not sure if I should have done that. Now you're only increasing to that client's anxiety, increasing that client's mm -hmm. anxiety. And it's not fair and it's not right. You know, no. it's not right to do that. But anyhow, there you go. <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. I think it's very thorough and I think it's very, you know, needs based. You know, I've, I've, yes. I've been preaching on this podcast ever since we started it that, um, no, Medicare is not a one size fits all situation. Everybody is like a snowflake, if you will, you know, unique situations. Um, and people need to be specifically have recommendations based before them on their particular situation based on their needs and preferences. So I love the approach. I love the sure. approach. I think it's, it's a very good process. Um, I'll elaborate on that a little sure, bit. Sure. Because when Please. I started, there's a big process in this in, in the insurance industry. It's called fact finding. You know, yes. and um, and we when I started, we we were uh, again 30 years ago. I worked with the company that uh, we had all the software. Everybody had a the software available to them, but we would ask a thousand questions and program all this stuff into this software database. And you know, oftentimes, Christian. The answer was always the same. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like a gimmick. It was almost, it's not, it's not. For somebody who has more sophisticated needs, it's not a gimmick, but a lot of times it's, it's a gimmick. Mm -hmm. and, and really, like for example, for somebody that doesn't have a business and doesn't have unusual needs, you know, like again, key man insurance for a business or something like that, and I'm drifting into the the uh, life insurance and, uh, you know, that that arena of this uh, industry, the, mm. the usually it's like 10 times multiple of income is the maximum amount of uh, life insurance you can get. Thereabouts, mm. you know, depending on the company and the needs. And it may be, you know, you factor in college educations for the kids and stuff like that. So there are templates, simple templates, but yet they'll go into this dramatic questionnaire and at the arrive at 10 times income. <laughs> so, so I would say, I would say to the listeners that this stuff is often very, very easy. Yes. So, and oftentimes the agents will, will try to make it so complex, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I assure you for the most part, for the agents, it's not complex. It's it right. is quite simple. I agree. I agree completely. I think, well, you know, one, one thing that I notice when I'm working with, you know, people in our business and our agency is so many times when I'll sit down to someone, particularly someone that's turned 65 and we'll go through, you know, the different options that they have available to them. The, the most common response I get at the end is that wasn't so difficult. I'm like, it really wasn't, was it? Just, yes, exactly. As long as it's broken down in, you know, English, it's something that everybody can understand. Um, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Nick, let, let me shift gears to this. Um, you mentioned you mentioned agents a little while ago. Mm -hmm. Is what should a person on Medicare expect of their agent? You you mentioned good agents, bad agents. What should someone on Medicare expect of their agent to determine if they're a good or bad agent? What should, what should what should they expect them to do for them? Well, they should expect them to have a, to be proficient in their knowledge base, so that when they discuss uh, these products with the agent, that the agent does understand them. Certainly, uh, a deep conceptual understanding. It may be that an agent doesn't know every fact, uh, so the agent could could honestly say, "Hey, I don't know that," you know, mm -hmm. but I'll get that information back for you. 
get that information for you and come back to you. Now that could also um, be uh, a gray area where it was like, if every question the agent had to get back to you. <laughs> There's a question mark, definitely. Well, and this is, agent training is important. Um, yes. I would say that they, if you call them, that they return your call. If you need something, that they're there for you. Uh, but initially, what do you know about an agent? Well, you talk to them, you're gonna go into their office or they're gonna to come to your home. Maybe you some in some cases you meet some meet meet at the local diner or something that does that's some from time to time. The coffee uh, may, shop. Yes, you may go to a seminar and meet them, and then they'll come to your home. Um, but the fact is that uh, there's not a lot that you can know about this agent up front until you sit down and start talking about to them, and then you you know you need to be comfortable with them. That you need to see. I, I want the agent to be relaxed. I don't want an uptight agent. <laughs> I, yeah. want, I, I want that level of, of relaxed agent. Um, if I'm dealing with somebody, I want them to be co communicate with me. Not again, not go into this pitch. I don't like the pitch thing. I like mm -hmm. the communication thing. And um, so that, that presentation, uh, hardcore presentation is a little bit off-putting for me. And that's just a matter of preference. Now, some people may not want any nonsense you know, or the communication, they may consider just a conversation, nonsense, just give me the facts. Because I've had people that have said that, just give me the facts, I'll make the decision, you know. But having said that, uh, again, you want an agent that is a, a pleasant person, a person that's uh, knowledgeable, a person that when you call them, re return your call. Um, and you want somebody that is dedicated to their business. I would qualify that by saying you would want somebody that is a a full-time agent professional and um, now you may not be able to determine that by speaking with them but uh, there are agents that come and go and Good I question and yes and they'll come during the Medicare season so to speak mm -hmm. and they'll come in and just run rough shot over the you know like as many clients as they can and then they'll disappear until next year mm -hmm. now if they are highly trained you know, they wouldn't come in and run roughshod. <laughs> yeah. If they were, if they were highly trained, they would come in and help people in that period of time. And there are a lot of agents like that, that, mm -hmm. that they just are financially successful and they don't, they only need to work at certain times per year. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, they're usually people that are seasoned and mm -hmm. um, they've been doing this for years. Not too many agents can just take months and months off. No, there are, there are some that, especially as they get older, they have built up quite a significant clientele and they do go, you know, have downtime and then gear up, do all their training and everything and, for the, uh, the next annual enrollment period, which we have approaching now as we speak. That's right. That's right. Um, well, it makes a lot of sense to me, you know, um, and you mentioned the high turnover rate with the agents. You know, I had, I had Cody Haskins on about a month ago. I'm sorry, say that one. Oh, Cody Askins. Sure. Yeah, Cody Askins. I had Cody Askins on about a month ago, and he's so big on the, you know, 8% of insurance agents make it, the rest of them don't make it kind of deal. And Yes. Um, I, I, always, I, I always try to talk to people about, you know, what they can do to make sure that your agent's going to be one of the 8% that's going to stick around, you know, because if you're not, you're going to be stuck on an island, you know, so, so to speak. Yes. Uh, with yes. your plan and, you, you know, um, I, I worked which goes back, which goes back and I want to interrupt you because it, which goes right, back right. to what I said up front was that if you have a good agent, support that agent. Yes. 
he or she has worked hard to acquire. You don't know how hard they've worked to acquire yeah. you as a client. They probably have worked very hard to give them a chance if you want to make a change. Uh, try to work with them. They, they, you know, it's not that they deserve it or anything like that. It's just that mm -hmm. you're helping them. And if they're a good agent, you know, I, I, I just would like to think that the, that the consumer would say, you know, that person did a good job. I'm going to give them a chance. And, um, and that would help uh, if, if, if more people thought that way, then that may, and agents have to earn it, but that may help decrease the turnover rate, which would then increase the, the, uh, the, 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 which would decrease that number of that failure rate somewhat, especially a new agent. Right. Which, which, new which, agent. The new agents need help. Right. right. <laughs> Give but, them but a not, chance. And that's, and that's why they got guys like you, Nick. To help that's right. Play, yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And as I said before, clients are probably thinking Medicare millionaire, who's this arrogant <laughs> person or whatever. It has nothing to do with millionaire stuff. Yeah. It has, it, it's just a catchy name. And, and, and Interesting. I want to tell you tell you about that a little bit because sure. I had a bunch of names like you know like uh, you know uh, everything Medicare whatever you know which is a great name um, just but I they were all taken. They don't realize how hard it is to find a name that's available in uh, GoDaddy. You know, yeah. so so I'm sitting there th you know uh, try coming up with great names and a whole when you come up with a name you come up with a whole concept behind the name. Yeah. And then, it just floods through your brain like, oh, yes. And, and uh, all these names are coming and, oh, it's taken. It's taken. It's taken. And then it was like Medicare millionaire. I didn't even think of anything. I'm sure that's taken. I'd type it in. Hey, it's available. That's, that's, a, uh, that's a good name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, that has ring to it. And, uh, you know, and, um, and, you know, but it's funny. Uh, and it was available. And I was amazed that it was available. <laughs> I, I, me too, actually. <laughs> yes, and that was only a few years back. Um, but the funny thing about it is, Christian, is that some people that are so like, oh, that name, you know, and it's like, you know, like, and I'm when I say that, I'm not talking about clients because I don't market to clients with that name, sure. obviously. So they don't even know it exists. Uh, other they, agents, probably. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're no millionaire. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, just funny um yeah funny but uh but you know I, you know just professional jealousy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and it, it, uh, it now, exists. now they're gonna now they're gonna dislike me more <laughs> <laughs> well it it exists in every industry why would ours be any different that's right that's right yes <laughs> but i just uh, want to clarify that for the consumer listening to this it's just a, it's, it's just a name with the jingle you know that uh you know, it has a, you know, a nice sound to it that people uh, can remember and it's easy to remember, you know, the Medicare millionaire. If you're an insurance agent, you're looking for training. You know. Certainly, certainly. I mean, to all the agents that are listening, you know, um, if you're new in the business or maybe you're seasoned in the business and you're looking for some guidance, Nick has some great content. You know, I can speak yes. for it myself. Yes. I followed it myself for, I actually discovered your channel in the last couple of months and I, I think you do great content on there. So, you know, it's, it, it's a great service to the beneficiaries, I feel, if you think about it, because a better trained agent is going to make sure that they're better equipped to have their needs taken care of long term. And with that channel, I teach the agents to do things as I think they should be done. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so what I'm saying and what I've said already in this, uh, in this interview is what I 
try to teach them to do is focus on the, these questions. And a good agent can take these questions. Uh, and when, when I say the questions, a question-based interview instead of the pitch. So yeah. just a discussion. And the discussion should be a series of questions. Again, about your health, about your current insurance, about your, your, your existing agent. Like if you have, if one of the questions I always ask is, do you like your current agent? If they like their current agent, I do not want to interfere at all. So unless I see that that agent has made a, a, a mistake that's significant. And then I'll say, look, you have an agent and you know, I respect that, but they've made a significant mistake. So maybe you need a better agent now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's uh, so I want I think that that question based approach is a better approach. It's harder because you're not getting to that. You can't use that uh, seasoned sales pitch with the closes at the end. So the, yeah. it's, harder, it's harder for the agents. Car salesmen. Yeah. Yeah. It's harder yeah. for the agent to to master that art of question and um because the agent has to think, you know, instead of going in and doing a, that presentation that the that everybody in the company is trained to pitch, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, here's how you do it. Here's your opening. And here's the, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, and now talk about the company and how great the company is and the company's the A plus rated company. And we're in 50 States. We have, you know, it's like blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, every company's, you know, we're great. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard anybody say, well, my company's like so-so. Yeah, yeah, never, never happened. Never started right, right, that right. way. <laughs> but but if if somebody did start with that presentation, I'd have to stop and listen to them. Yeah, because that'd be a, that'd be a different that'd be different. Yeah, our our company's like so so. Um, we got pretty good products. Uh, not not great, so pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, well, Nick, Nick, let let me shift gears to this, and this is something that um I've asked every single person that's come on to talk about Medicare. So I, and I think I, it's a difficult question to answer. So just a heads up on it. Sure. Polarizing question. Obviously, okay. Obviously, there's no politically correct answer to the to, to the question, and it obviously it depends on a person's situation. Um, but if you had to, for one reason or another, lean more towards a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan for a consumer, which product do you think has more um, beneficial? Um, aspects to it than the other if you had to pick obviously it depends on the person's situation but if you had to pick one or the other yes uh, if i had to pick and i was financially able to to afford it it would be the medicare supplement mm -hmm. now having said that there's nothing wrong with the medicare advantage plan if it has a good network and there yes. are there are some and i'm not going to mention the names of any companies because i probably would get into a, a that probably would not be allowable <laughs> Um, Which they, they, they take us down. <laughs> yes. But there are companies that, uh, one particular company that I haven't, uh, that I'm thinking of, and Christian, you'll know who it is by me saying it, but they have a nationwide network that is incredible. So there's oh, yes. nothing wrong with the, I would, if my, if my uh, mom had to go with that plan, I, I would not be opposed to that if they had, she had to go with, you know, a, a Medicare Advantage plan. There would be nothing wrong with that um, from the standpoint of network. Then you get into, well, wait a minute. I got, I have co-pays, co-insurance and deductibles, and that becomes the other issue. And that can be confusing, thus leading into the anxiety uh, kind of, uh, th that anxiety issue that I discussed earlier. So mm -hmm. I don't want to create anxiety for my clients. <clears throat> 
Now, you also have to factor in that that Medicare supplement and that drug card that they're going to purchase might be $140, $200 a year, whatever. I mean, a month, excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it could be, it starts off low and it gets higher and higher and higher. So some people get priced out. And uh, now they are affordable. So people should not get priced out. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't. No. But, but some people that, you know, they, they're helping their family, you know, they have kids living with them. It, people struggle at, uh, sometimes and, you know, they're getting $1,300 a month uh, social security with no retirement. And that may lead to a struggle for them financially. They can't afford that Medicare supplement with the drug card because you got to purchase the drug card as well. You don't have to, but it's advisable to do so mm -hmm. or you will suffer a penalty eventually when you do purchase that drug card. So that is an issue of uh, that, that they could, uh, that they couldn't afford the Medicare supplement and drug card. Now the Medicare agent who would be strictly Medicare supplement would argue, well, if they can't afford that, they can't afford a Medicare Advantage plan because the Medicare Advantage plan has a maximum out right. pocket. And the co-pays and co-insurances. Yes. So, and it might be $6,700. It might be $3,400. That would be, that, and that's a viable argument. Okay. And mm -hmm. then we get into, um, we get into, uh, the probability that somebody's going to reach that most people would never ever get there. So that would be, you know, the person, the Medicare advantage proponent would say, well, my clients don't ever get anywhere near that. You know, they pay zero premium and their doctor costs, you know, their primary care doctor zero as well. <laughs> and they're like, they go to a doctor twice a year. And so that is, uh, that's a, um, you know, there's an argument, a, vi a viable argument from each side. Which certainly. one I, I'm sorry? I said certainly. Yes. Which one do I prefer? I would prefer the Medicare supplement because I can go to any doctor that accepts Medicare anytime, anywhere. And there's no questions asked. Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to fight with somebody about it. Um, I've been with clients that have, uh, that have had Medicare supplements and wanted to go to Medicare Advantage who were financially successful. I didn't understand it. <laughs> Other than the fact that everybody they knew had one. And, um, and I remember one client in particular, and they just never went anywhere near their out-of-pocket maximums. Mm -hmm. and, they were, and uh, so I'm telling them how they can lower their premium on their Medicare supplement. And they actually got a little uh, perturbed at that point and said, look, we just want this Medicare Advantage plan. They knew the company and everything. And I was like, yeah. I, I was put in my place, and I yeah. kind of sort of had to uh, do what I was told in that yep. case. You just, you just do what they want at some point, right? Well, you do your best to make the best recommendation. Yes. But again, just coming back to like if somebody had, a, I use the example, if they had a Cigna, you know, with their employer, or maybe it was Blue Cross and Blue Shield with their employer, they may want Blue Cross and Blue Shield with their Medicare supplement. And, I, sure. you know, and it's like, it's Familiarity. just a of comfort. And it's, there may be one less expensive than the Blue, Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Maybe, and I won't say better because these Medicare supplements are yes. basically the same, basically mm -hmm. the same with the price being the difference. If that were the case, then, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with them. Like, you know, um, 
or it might be a company you know the rates are going to go through the roof and uh, or you don't know that nobody knows what's going to happen but a company that has a history of rates going through the roof you know you can argue with them but if they're like hey you know, this is yep. what i want that's what you give them uh, yeah yep. i was starting to go on a tangent there but i think uh, did i answer that question medicare advantage versus medicare adequately Oh, it's perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Um, and Is that what everybody says? The same thing? Very similar. I've only had <laughs> come on here and, and, and pitch their argument for Medicare Advantage at this point. Every other person has gone Medicare Supplement. So, and again, there are proponents of each. Certainly. I find the Medicare Supplement people typically would be the more uh, dug in. But you have a agents now that are, that are digging in on that Medicare Advantage because they're saying – what I said before that they have most of their clients and there are, there's data on this. And if I were a consumer, I, maybe I would ask that question. Well, what's the data? Cause it's out there um, with these companies. They know how many people have reached their out of pocket maximums. I don't know how readily available that data is to the agent, but I know at least one company I recently saw that how many people would go, would, would fall into the high claims category. Mm-hmm. So shall we say that would max out this maximum out of pocket. So, and, and there are other plans. There are other little supplement plans and this is getting into, it's not the minutia of it. And this would be where some people would really argue, but there are plans that supplement the Medicare advantage. So that right. would cover some of the cost of the Medicare advantage and like perhaps the hospital copay, which is, mm-hmm which is, you know, up to a couple thousand dollars with some of these plans. So you pay a few bucks and you get something that pays just that one thing. And therefore that hospital trip with the Medicare advantage doesn't result in thousands of dollars out of pocket. But so you meet in the middle. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get away from that before I get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's shift, let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. to. um, So, Okay, so let's talk about agents again. Sure. Why? Obviously, I think you. I think you'd agree with me when I say this. I've, I'm a big proponent of somebody working with a Medicare agent that's independent. Yes. Times out of a hundred. In your opinion, why do you feel like that is so important to a consumer? If you had to tell somebody why they'd want to work with a cap, uh, um, an independent agent over a captive agent, or maybe someone that does Medicare on the side and only carries a few companies, you know, like a financial planner, why why would an independent Medicare specialized agent be beneficial for somebody? I talked to an agent uh, yesterday um, and I told him that I really can't help him and uh, there's a guy here, a guy close, you know, local, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. And he, uh, he was captive. He had, they allowed them to have one Medicare Advantage and one Medicare Supplement. I just think that that's, um, I think that that's, uh, I think that's a little bit short selling the client. Um, you know, you, you're not giving them the opportunity to get enough choice. And, you know, there's no reason why you can't represent you know, at least a, a, a range of companies that the client, like there are, for, let's talk about Medicare supplements. There mm-hmm. are very low price Medicare supplements. There are some that have, um, and, they're, and they're very good. Now there are some that have, like they'll have silver sneakers attached and maybe they won't call it silver sneakers, but they have the gym membership where you can go down to the YMCA and join at no cost. Well, that might be important to some people. I go to a local gym here and there's always a bunch of seniors hanging out there. 
you know, <laughs> and uh, in the daytime, usually go around 10 a.m. It's flooded. So yeah. that's $35 a month at that particular location for the, no, it's $50 a month. It's an expensive gym that I go to. Even for the seniors, I believe it's $50 a month. Wow. I'm, 55, I'm 55 years old, so I get the senior discount. <laughs> <laughs> there you so, go. You've yes, arrived. Yes, yes, but uh, I had to sign up for some stupid newsletter and um, <laughs> to get the discount. Like, I had to, like, I had to, and they, they sent me these magazines and stuff, and they're all full of stuff. Uh, dreaded stories about Alzheimer's and you oh, know, goodness. cancer and heart attacks. And I'm like, man, you you know, I feel youthful, but you're making me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even open anything up. I do. I, I glance at it. Um, so um, I, I, you know, I, I, did I go down that road enough? Did I, did I touch? No, no, no. No, I think, I think, I, I think that's great. I agree. It's, it's choice. You know, that somebody, one person may want this other product that has a few bells and whistles on it. And another person may, that may be the farthest thing from their mind. If you're a broker, well, you can meet those needs instead yes. of just trying to put everybody in that one box. And um, mm -hmm. it just makes sense. And in this instance, and certainly if somebody only does Medicare supplements, and the person clearly is going to struggle in with that product. So, okay, again, this we're going to come back to that argument. Look, I wanted to leave it. We're back. Okay, so you 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 push somebody into buying that Medicare supplement when when they can't afford it. Face it, some seniors don't. Just like uh, anybody at any other spectrum of the age range, they don't manage their finances efficiently enough to be mm -hmm. able to get that $140 off every single month or mm -hmm. whatever that dollar amount may be. Okay. So now you're setting them up for failure. That's right. So, you know, you have to be fair to people and, yeah. um, and if they're, if they're not going to, you know, if they, if they have no insurance, they have no life insurance and, and you talk to them and they're like, well, I can, you know, I just can't make the payments because you know, and they're yeah. probably not going to make the payment to that Medicare supplement. That's right. You can be self-righteous right. as an agent. You can say, well, you know, this is important and whatever, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Doesn't that matter. Doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It just doesn't matter. But, yeah. Uh, there you go. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. And I think, you know, and a litany of choices benefits the agent. It benefits the, the beneficiary. And, and like you said, you know, if you run into somebody that might not be able to make the payments, you know, having that Medicare advantage in your back pocket, you know, it's going to help them because it's better off than having nothing. Um, Nick, one last question I got for you. Um, and that is, with the enrollment period approaching, what are a couple of tips you could give people that what they should look for going into the enrollment period? What, what should they look for? What should they do to make sure they're on the best plan? I would say that... Well, if you didn't get premium rate increase from your Medicare supplement, probably just leave one. I mean, if it was good last year, good this year. Mm -hmm. There's a big about this Plan F going away. It's not going away. Um, but there may be reason to change that. And the reason would be to change that would be that a lot of agents are pulled out. So it may disrupt the, the pool. Insurance is a pooled product. It's, it's a bunch. You bring you healthy people to offset the cost of the unhealthy. Uh, pulling people out from Plan F is bad. It's going to make the book lopsided. So right. 
I would consider that maybe, you know, just consider that agent that could give you some advice there. Um, that's number one. Um, I would say for people that are on the Medicare Advantage side of the equation, that, uh, uh, we cannot talk about Medicare. You, you kind of dropped, yeah. dropped out. Are we good? Everything good? Yeah, I think we're good. The, the connection just got a little wish-washy on me, but yes. I think it's much better now. Yes. Yes. Um, that's why I hardwire. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, the... Um, so for, I would suggest people consider with any insurance plan, whether you're 67 or, two, or 47, that you be with a PPO instead of an HMO. I would consider mm -hmm. that. Um, that would be important to me. And only because I know what I would want. I know what I would want my mom or dad to have. And um, so that is important, I believe. And that would be uh, something I would consider. I would be apprehensive about changing plans if I was in a Medicare Advantage plan because a lot of times you just open up a can of worms. And um, when I say that, you know, uh, you got doctors, you do have to worry about those networks and those plans. You do it. And in any plan, you, you have the drug issue, whether you're going to be able to carry that over. If you have a, a box full of medications, you know, you have to be concerned about making a change. And um, so the big thing is, you know, I guess for people who have Medicare supplements, if you've had a big premium change, well, shop it, you know, um, no big deal there. Uh, if you have a plan F, consider the alternatives. If you have a Medicare Advantage, stick with it unless, uh, unless you know, if, depending on uh, a, a significantly, uh, a plan that would significantly improve things for you. You know, like, for example, in the upstate of South Carolina, we got two major hospital systems. You know, if I could get, if, if I have a Medicare Advantage plan that has one of those two major hospital systems, and then I'm looking at plan B and has both of them, I'm going to kind of want to, I think it makes sense to consider that plan B. But I will tell the consumers uh, that are watching this that as an agent, we're not even allowed to say one plan is better than another plan. Right. So right. when I spoke about at the beginning of this of this uh, interview that the government regulation oversight, um, <clears throat> did I call it intrusion? Did I say intrusion? I, I think that's the term for it. I think that's yes. what they call it. They 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 don't allow us to even say to go into a home and say my this plan is better than that plan. Mm -hmm. We can we can only utilize the approved. Uh, literature or, or uh, terminology, terminology, right? Garbage that has been in term, terminology that ha again, it's got it has to be approved. So there is significant oversight there, and um, you know, so the agents have to uh, abide by that. So yeah. there you go. Hey, we'll love it. I love it, um, Nick. Real quickly, if if someone's watching this or listening to the podcast. And they wanted, and something you said just resonated with them, and they wanted to work with you on their Medicare. How could they get in touch with you? What's the best way to do that? And what states are you? Are you what states can you work with people in? Well, I would, uh, I would keep it local. Um, North Carolina, South Carolina would be good. Um, uh, I, I have family in Texas, and I go out there a lot. So if you're in Texas, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Texas is fine as well. Um, 
but I do have a consumer facing website. There's nothing fancy about it. Um, it's advantagelifeandhealth.com. And uh, you can just go in there and don't, you don't bother. You know, I want to say something. I want to go on another tangent. <laughs> go ahead. Feel free. You know, these the websites, just get to the agent. You know, um, you know, a lot of these websites, they're all geared to where they want to funnel you into a sale. Just mm -hmm. to the agent. Usually there's a way that you can just enter your information in and say, call me. So there is a, there's, there's such an option at advantagelifeandhealth.com that you can just enter some, your information and then we'll call you. And that, that would be the best way to get a hold of me. So uh, I like to keep it simple in that arena. Again, it's all conversation and it's all, it's all practicality. You know, like, it's like, let's just communicate, talk about this and determine what's best for you. Great, great. And um, also anybody, any of the agents that are listening, I know there's agents that tune in every time we do an episode, go subscribe to Nick's YouTube channel, Medicare Millionaire. You'll and like those videos, subscribe, ring the bell, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> Drop a comment in the hey, 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 look, I have a, um, I have a, another consumer website that I was, and, and people watching can go to this website. It's called Medicare Pro TV. And I have this, uh, you can go to YouTube and watch this, or you can go to, I believe it's on my website, it has the videos. Either way, I have a, I would get up in the morning and I, I, I would uh, get myself, you know, in front of the camera, you know, fixed up from the waist up and yeah. I would have a cup of coffee and I'd just read the Medicare news and, <laughs> and I'd talk about it. And I, you know, usually some politicians are promoting this or that. And I talk about yeah. how politicians are <laughs> so I've made about 15 of those I kind of slowed down on it quite a bit yeah. right? but um, that's something that somebody if they just you know if you have time to burn and you just want to watch some silliness but I do drill down on the the news of the day concerning Medicare you know that's Medicare Pro TV <laughs> hey, well, very cool very cool right. I um everybody I encourage everybody to go watch that if you're in the South North Carolina area, give Nick a call. Yeah, sure, sure. Take care of you. All right. Well, Nick, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for taking the time and coming on. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you, Christian. I really do. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. We'll have to do it again soon. All right, man. All righty. Every, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We bring you three Everything Medicare podcast episodes a week. Do us a favor, subscribe on our YouTube channel, drop us a five-star review on Stitcher so we can move to the very top of the Medicare focus, and we'll talk with you soon.